Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking out everything in District 4 week in, week out. My name is Brandon Bainey, joined as always by Scott Burton. Scott, how are you today? Hey, doing well. You know, uh, you said my name as if you were surprised to see my real name on the screen. <laughs> You know, you uh, usually like to come in with an alias or a moniker or, you know, something fun. And and But today's show is going to be about a very serious topic. And so we wanted to bring the appropriate amount of, uh, of seriousness to yes. it. So yeah, usually I, we're full of uh, shenanigans and tomfoolery and, and uh, all sorts of things. And people watch these and they recognize a face, but they never know who I, I really am because I never have my name there. <laughs> yes. Know? So now people are watching this. Oh, that's the name and face together. So, but uh, you're right. This is uh, th- this podcast is going to be a little bit different uh, in the sense of it's got a serious tone to it. And uh, we're, I'll let you take it from there. Sure. We're going to bring on a, a guest uh, that was kind enough to join us here in just a moment. I did want to highlight two quick things from uh, boys basketball that I saw last night. Uh, it is uh, Wednesday, January 11th when we're recording this. So these would be games played on Tuesday night, January 10th. We had a game last night, Scott, on IdahoSports.com, uh, Magic Valley game night. It was Carey at Castleford, yeah. a pretty important boys basketball showdown. We had Jonathan Drew and Katie Knight on the call, and it turned out to be a pretty good game. Castleford uh, got the win over Carey 64-59. to So that's a big win for Castleford knocking off a carry team that we talked about on a previous episode being pretty darn good. So now all of a sudden this crazy mess of teams, Castle Ford's kind of thrown their hat into the ring a little bit. So that was a nice win for the wolves and check this out, Scott on the, on the other side for carry in the losing effort, Carson perks. We talked about what a dynamic score he is. He had 38 points last night, Scott. That's insane. We talked about how dominant of a player that guy is not just at scoring, but you know, rebounding the basketball and, and uh, just playing some some solid defense, getting his team involved. I mean, this kid is the real deal. And, uh, you know, that's a name you're going to hear for a while still. He's, he, he's not done, obviously, this year. But, uh, you know, in the coming years, if he decides to continue this, I mean, that kid's an athlete, period. You know, and you mentioned Castleford. I mean, Castleford, I mean, man, they're off to a 7-3 and three start, just a couple of games behind uh, league leader Lighthouse Christian uh, with Valley in the mix there, too. So, you know, we talk about this particular conference quite a bit just because it is a, a just an absolute juggernaut when you get into that top half because you get all the way down to, you know, where Glens Ferry is uh, sitting at seven and five. And then ahead of them, Murtaugh. Uh, then you've got Castleford Valley Lighthouse. I mean, you got half these teams really with winning records. And unfortunately, not all of them can go to the state tournament. So watching these conference games play out and, and boys basketball, usually the back half of things are really conference loaded. Uh, things are really going to shake themselves out in this conference and it'll be fun to watch. Definitely. And uh, the school you didn't mention, Oakley is one of the two teams that got to state last year. So they're always mm-hmm. lurking there as well. So yes, uh, that'll be a fantastic race. Also a good race at the one D two level. We talked about coming in Dietrich, Richfield, Camas County, all three teams that probably could go to state top 10 teams in the classification. Only one will get to go. Richfield kind of delivered the opening blow last night. They defeated Camas County 57 to 52 on the road in Fairfield, Richfield 10 and 0. Look out. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, we talk about the conference in the 1AD1. This 1AD2 is really, you know, no different, just less teams. Uh, talent's still there, uh, but my goodness, what a, what a couple of solid, solid teams with, you know, Richfield leading the way, unblemished so far. And, uh, you know, and if you can make it out of this particular conference, you know, with Dietrich and Camus there standing, you know, at, uh, 12 and six, a combined record, and you are running the table in this conference. That, that says something. It's pretty impressive. So that's kind of a couple of things on the court that kind of stood out to me, caught my eye. And now we're going to transition to a conversation that very much takes place away from the athletic arena. So I'd like to welcome on uh, one of your fellow ADs uh, for, for listeners that may not know. Scott Burton is the athletic director at Jerome High School. And we're going to bring on one of your counterparts from the 4A Great Basin Conference, Sean Walker, the athletic director at Twin Falls High. Sean, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, fellas. I uh, I, I didn't know I was wearing a black shirt today. I got orange here. I got black. You might as well be a Jerome Tiger. <laughs> I knew you would come to the light eventually, Walk. Uh, it was just a matter of time. <laughs> Welcome yeah. aboard. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, mine is Idaho State. I refuse to uh, drink the oh, Jerome Kool-Aid. So. Yeah, dad, dad. Brandon, knock it <laughs> off. Yeah, you do. <laughs> right. Well, uh, Sean was kind enough to join us today, but you are you are not in Twin Falls. You are on the road. Uh, you, you've been traveling a lot lately. Um, this has been... Uh, a difficult time for your family over the past couple of months. And yeah, it's been, it's been a really uh, it's been amazing to see how the magic Valley has come together to, to kind of rally around you and your family. So right. to start, to start off with Sean, for those that may not be aware, talk a little bit about your, your daughter Harper and, and what she's been going through. Yeah, sure. Uh, my daughter Harper is a sophomore in high school, 15 year old girl. Um, on the 17th of November, she was, Diagnosed with chondroblastic osteosarcoma. Uh, that's that's Jerome Tiger for bone cancer. <laughs> Thanks. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Um, a very rare uh, form of cancer. Um, her cancer is in her sacrum, which is in her tailbone, which is which makes it even more rare. It's about 300 cases per year in the United States uh, of chondroblastic osteosarcoma in your sacrum. So, uh, she's one of a kind, uh, for sure. Um, you know, her, her treatment, we are at the end of the third cycle of treatment. Um, it's 10 cycles. It's basically from the 19th of November, uh, was her first chemo treatment. Um, and she will uh, walk around the the nurses station at Primary Children's Hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah on the 30th of May and ring the bell and, and she'll be cancer free. So um, it's been uh, a real roller coaster, um, a ride that I wouldn't want to take with anybody else other than Harper. Uh, she's no, no offense to anybody else. She's my toughest kid. Uh, she's, she's got the most grit. She's got the most, um, stubbornness uh would be putting it lightly and uh she's been an absolute stud through this whole thing yeah tell us a little bit about harper as as a person you know we know she's a great athlete and, and a talented student but you you have to have 
you have to have a different type of spirit to get through what she's gone through. Yeah. Um, well, she's out of, out of my children. She's the most like me. Um, and depending on who you talk to, that's, <laughs> that's a real good thing or a real bad thing. Um, you know, she, she lost her hair, uh, you know, in the first part of December and she asked me to come over and, and, and shave, shave her head. And, you know, it was, a, it was tough. There's, there's just no getting around that. But when I, when I saw her bald, I just felt so sorry for her. She looks exactly like me. I was <laughs> like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, she's, I think if you had people that know her describe her, um, you know, very outgoing, um, uh, has a lot of friends and different friend groups, um, very quick witted, uh, very quick to bite back to, you know, she's not going to take anything lying down. Um, and I think one of the things that maybe not a ton of people see is, you know, she's really soft on the inside. If you can get there, um, you know, loves her family to death, loves animals. Uh, of course she loves sports and, uh, you know, I love her, you know, her nickname is mini me. It's been that way since, you know, I was throwing her in the pool at the Riverside Hotel when her brother was playing traveling baseball. It's the way it's always been. Yeah. You know, so you talk about being in that situation and not wanting to take that journey, you know, with anybody or wish that upon anybody. Um, my, my question is, what led you to getting her checked out or tested with her signs or symptoms and things like this. Cause it is so rare of what she's going through. What led you to that part? Yeah. Crazy. Um, actually I remember the first time that she talked to me about it, it was uh, our homecoming dance, um, which was at the end of September. Uh, got a good picture of, of all my daughters and, and uh, you know, the dance was just getting going and, she came up to me and she said, I'm leaving. I said, what? And uh, she said that her, her back hurt. And I said, well, you're wearing heels. You never wear heels. So, you know, that's probably it. And then the symptoms kind of came and went, you know, she played volleyball for three more weeks. You know, she was diving on the floor and doing all her stuff. And, and it just got progressively worse, kind of got, diagnosed as um, a hamstring pull, you know, and maybe some sciatica and something with her nerves. Uh, and then it got to the point where, you know, we had to take her to St. Luke's to the emergency room and they didn't have an answer. Uh, and, you know, kudos to my ex-wife, Nikki. She just put Harper in the car and, drove her to primary children's here in Salt Lake city and said, something's wrong with my daughter, figure it out. And, you know, and it's, and it is so rare in the, in the, the type of osteosarcoma that she has is even more rare. So it was, you know, one biopsy and, you know, our surgeon is like, 
I don't see it. I don't see any osteosarcoma. I don't see any cancer. We're like, yeah, sweet. It can be anything but osteosarcoma. And then, you know, we go round and round and the, and our symptoms don't improve. And, uh, we have another biopsy and that biopsy goes to everywhere you can imagine in the United States. It goes to Harvard medical school. It goes to Mayo clinic in Minnesota. Uh, went to this guy, um, at the university of Miami, who's supposed to be, if you, if you can't figure it out, you send it to this guy. And, uh, it was that guy that said, they returned the sample and said, yeah, this is osteosarcoma. Um, so that was about five weeks of, you know, really not knowing. And then, you know, the bomb just gets dropped on you, you know? And this happens, I mean, you mentioned, you know, end of November, you know, is when this all started happening. And then you've got holidays and a time of year where it's supposed to be warm and uplifting and you've just been dealt this really serious news. How, how did that affect everyone in, in your family? Yeah, so we all came down on the 17th. She was already here the 17th of November. And um, the 19th of November is my birthday. And that's, that's when she got her first chemotherapy. So um, obviously, I'm never going to forget that birthday. Uh, and it was... You know, I don't know. I mean, it was all sorts of emotions, but uh, having our whole family together, uh, you know, was really comforting to all of us, you know, individually. And, and I think it was really comforting to Harper that, you know, everybody was there and, you know, her sisters are there and her brother's there and they're all cracking jokes and making fun of each other. And um I think it was, it went about as well as it could have. Uh, I mean, I didn't get any presents or anything, so <laughs> there, I guess it wasn't as good as it could have been for me, but selfishly. You know, you talk about how rare this form of cancer is and there's really no good cancer at all, but what, what is the, the, the MO on this type of cancer that really nobody's heard about? What does it do? What, what's the story behind it? Yeah. So, Osteosarcoma, bone cancer, um, is hard to detect. And because it's hard to detect or um, because, you know, it's just painful, people just play it off as something else, you know. Um, and it happens a lot in athletes. You know, it's I've got I've got pain in my leg. Most of osteosarcoma is in your extremities, in your legs and in your arms. Um, so athletes just kind of played off as something else. And by the time you decide I can't do this anymore, I've got to go see a doctor. Then in, in some cases it's already spread. It mostly goes directly to your lungs. And if it gets there, you're in a lot of trouble. Um, Cause there's no surgery, you know, you can't take out your lungs. So it's chemotherapy and, you know, sometimes it's radiation uh, and you just got to hold on and hope the, the chemistry or the, the biology inside the human being wins, you know. And that's the, that's the tough thing about Harper's case 
is it's in the sacrum. It's in her, it's in her tailbone. Um, rarely can you take that cancer out without some serious morbidity. Um, you know, initially we thought that surgery was going to be the best option. Um, but her, her tumor is probably the size of a racquetball, you know, it's eight centimeters. Um, and without getting too technical, it's basically covered her entire right side uh, of her nerves and creeps kind of around her spinal column and, and may or may not have a hold of a couple of nerves on that side. The surgeon said, I, I can take it out, no problem but there's no guarantee that I can save the nerves on the left side. And if you can't save the nerves on one side, then it's paralysis, loss of uh, bodily function. And, you know, when you go in there, it's, it's not a save the nerves type of surgery, you know, it's, it's a cancer retraction. So there's no going back from there. And, and he just didn't really, really feel comfortable knowing that that could happen. Uh, so we had to switch gears. We had to adapt. We had to pivot. And uh, there is a newer type of radiation therapy called proton therapy. Um, instead of using electrons, you use protons. Um, you can give higher dose in a more confined area. And there's not as much scatter. There's not as much radiation running through the body. So that's actually what we're doing down here. Um, yesterday and today, she got her radiation plan yesterday. She got a couple of cute little tattoos where this pro these protons are going to be traveling into her sacrum. Um, and then at four o'clock tonight, uh, she'll chemotherapy. So that's what we're doing. And so far, how is everything going? Really, really good. Um, you don't, we've already had one uh, CT scan. They don't normally scan this early in chemotherapy. They wait until, um, you know, after the 10th week. But uh, because we're doing this radiation therapy, they want to scan again they want to get a better look at the tumor. Um, and the tumor has responded very well to her chemotherapy. Um, the real good news for Harper that I don't think I mentioned is she has no spread. There's, there's no, there's no signs in her lungs. Sometimes it goes to your jaw. Uh, there's, there's no signs of cancer anywhere else in her body, but, but in her sacrum. So, um, you know, we're going to go through this chemotherapy. We're, we're at the end of cycle three. So she's got a chemo, chemo called methotrexate that she's going to take today. And hopefully we're home on the weekend and she'll come back on Tuesday and another round of that. And then she starts um, radiation on the 25th of January. That's eight straight weeks, Monday through Friday. 30 minute treatments. It's all outpatient. So you go in, they shoot the proton inside of you for 30 minutes and you get to leave. Um, in some cases, she'll have to come back down to uh, primary children's because she she's in, inpatient for chemotherapy. 
but there are four weeks, I believe, where she's just going to stay down here with her mom and get her 30 minute treatments and hang out and then come home on the weekends. And that's a lot of hotel is what you're talking about for, yeah. for staying in that that gets, uh, I mean, the whole thing becomes, I mean, not, you can't put a price on your kid for sure. Right. But, but what the stress it puts on families uh, is, is immense. And I think people that, you know, don't know what it's like to go through something like this. <clears throat> there are so many added things that people don't see that, that cause um, stress and, you know, just problems uh, other than the actual thing that's going on. So, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, aware of your situation here in Jerome and, and, uh, you know, we're, we're behind you 100%. You know, you're a, you're a guy that's uh, kind of holds things close to the vest most of the time, right? You, know, you don't get, uh, very emotional, um, pretty stoic. And I can imagine that that quality is uh, needed a, a lot more now, uh, than ever before. Yeah, I think so. And I, and, I think one thing that you probably know about me, Scott, is I really, I really like to win. And, and I think that Harper has that same mentality. Uh, she doesn't talk about it a whole lot. She's pretty quiet, but uh, you know, she knows what, it, what's at stake. You know, she's in the room when the doctors are talking, the oncologists and the surgeons are talking about all these things. And uh, you know, she knows she knows what's what she's up against and and she knows how to win so uh i got a lot of confidence in her and i've got a sign in my office here that says uh i don't know how i'm going to win i just know i'm not gonna lose yeah exactly right that kind of seems to be the mantra yeah it's been pretty incredible to see the outpouring of support from not just the twin falls family but the magic valley as a whole, uh, there's been a GoFundMe organized by Tammy Har. Mm -hmm. They set a goal, and they've already exceeded that goal. I mean, we're yeah. we're we're almost a forty thousand dollars raised, which is just incredible. And I know a lot of the schools in the Magic Valley last weekend, Wood River hosted Caldwell, and they took all their proceeds and and donated it. Yeah, uh, Scott, this is something that I, I think all of the athletic directors in the gray basin conference, I think realize and, and are rallying together a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we, we are, and we're doing the same thing and we're, you know, we feel it, the thing about this situation is, you know, you, first of all, you take, take Sean, Sean is not just a colleague, but, but he's a friend. And, you know, I consider him a, a good friend of mine and I would do anything in the world for him. And so when, when he gets into this situation, you know, it, it feels like it's happening to one of us because I think we're a pretty tight knit bunch um, and we have great friendships. But this is something that really, you know, we're seeing a lot of the sport doesn't matter as much anymore. You know, uh, when Jerome and Twin play, this is what's on everybody's mind, you know, and sure, the rivalry and the battle of the bridge and all that will still exist and that will carry on. But for right now, that is so secondary to what's happening. And everybody here I know, and Jerome knows it, um, and obviously Twin knows it too. So it's really put a different light on some of these games that we're playing. Uh, and then, you know, to see people rally uh, is, is very cool. 
Um, it just shows the humanity in sports. What, what's been your reaction to all of that, Sean? These are, uh, like Scott said, there's the rivalry, right, between you and every other school in the conference. But at the same time, there is that that brotherhood and that sisterhood. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's funny that I guess there's two things that I think stick out to me is, um, you know, what Scott said is is 100% true. There There is a brotherhood. In the Magic Valley, you know the the four A fourth district ads are really close, um, and you know I it's hard being an ad because you're so busy. It's hard to enjoy what's going on. You know it's it's hard to really sit in a gym and just take it all in. Uh, you know, but I was I was able to do that. You know, my I have an older daughter who's a junior. Um, you know, they got to play volleyball together and they're on the court together. And, and my two stepdaughters are in the stands cheering for the Bruins. And I just remembered thinking, man, why don't I enjoy this more? This is, this is heaven. It really is. Um, and, and I've thought about that moment a lot because, you know, the only time I've seen Harper in a gym, it's been, you know, with a mask on and, and, it, and it's been, it hasn't been the same. I can tell you that. Um, and then just the outpouring of support for Harper. Uh, you know, I used to think, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty private person. Uh, and I used to think that this attention was semi-embarrassing, to be honest with you. My initial reaction was, hey, thanks, but we got this. We're good. Uh, we're going to be fine. Uh, and then as then as more people started supporting Harper and supporting our families, uh, there was just no choice but to, you know, open your arms and open your heart and and just say, what, what have I done to deserve this? You know, it's just been way bigger than I could ever describe. I mean, people, uh, just a quick example, my friends saw somebody at a restaurant that they barely knew who didn't know me at all. They don't know Harper, but they knew my friends. And the a guy walked up to him and said, Hey, I haven't been able to go to a game or contribute. Uh, and he, and he just flicked one of my friends to $100 bills. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is. Uh, and that's happened a hundred times if it's happened once, you know? Yeah, it's incredible. And there's there's still a big fundraiser coming up as well. Uh, it will be on January 27th. They're calling yeah. it the uh, Hype It Up for Harper event. Um, were you involved at all in the planning of this, Sean? Or was this just something they told you, hey, this is happening and we're going we're gonna to raise some money? Yeah, I, have, I haven't been involved at all in anything, really. Um, people just tell me it's happening and I say, yeah, let's, let's go. Bring it on. Um, you know, the, the first time we had anything like this uh, was with Jerome. Their girls' basketball team came and played uh, ours in Twin Falls. And, you know, we had the the cancer, the childhood cancer color is yellow. So we kind of had a yellow out. And Scott and his group were first class. You know, they had a gift basket for her. And, uh, 
Yeah, there was a five hundred dollar gift card. Did you know that that was in there, Burton? Yeah. I didn't even know that until like three days ago. I'm like, who, who is this? And then it says Jerome Tigers. I'm like, <laughs> Burton. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it just kind of happens, you know. I didn't I didn't know Wood River was doing that, and I and I text Kevin Stilling their AD, and I'm like, what are you doing? And you know, obviously nobody tells me about these things because I would try to just say, Hey, you know, thanks. We got it. Um, so they've learned not to contact me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're less, you know, the better. Right. <laughs> you know, and I really haven't been around a lot. I've been, yeah. I've been down here, uh, with Harper and, uh, you know, Twin Falls high school kind of gets lost in this whole thing, you know, cause everybody, you know, Scott's contributed money, uh, so is Canyon Ridge. So has Burley, you know, uh, Kevin and Wood River. They've all they've all done incredible things. But, you know, Twin Falls High School is my second home. And uh, they basically kicked me out of there. They said, you need to be with Harper every second of every day. We'll take care of everything. Um, and, you know, what a godsend that's been. Uh, I don't know how people do it with, when they're torn between being with their kid for cancer treatment or going to work. You know, I, I don't know how that happens, uh, but I never had to make that decision. You know, Ryan Nesmith, our principal, uh, has just been outstanding in his support of me uh, and for Harper. Yeah, and that's and that's another component too that, that people aren't realizing that being an athletic director is Probably well, not probably. It is the busiest job I have ever had in my entire life, and I know a lot of ADs will say the same thing. Uh, it, there, there is not a job like it that you can take a day off because there is always something happening. Busiest job there is. Well, now you've got to carry what you're carrying, not only emotionally but time, and and I think that's a I think that's a great point you made, and I'm glad you made it because I think the people over at Twin. D deserve a lot of kudos for, you know, stepping in, not just <clears throat> to support you as a person, Sean, but, but to help with the busiest job that, that you can have and to, to make it run efficiently. And I think that says a lot about your school. I think it says a lot about, you know, the people that you work with Ryan and Nancy and, uh, yeah. and everybody else there who have been able to really kind of make this very seamless and unnoticeable that, that you've been, juggling both of these. So I'm glad you said that because I wanted to mention, you know, a big shout out to your colleagues in twin. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's been a couple of times where, you know, <clears throat> got done with treatment and, you know, it's four o'clock and we've got a home game and I, I put the, I put the pedal down and I text, you know, my administrators and say, I'll be there at seven o'clock. So, you know, go home. And they try to tell me, you know, we got it. It's, it's covered. But, you know, as, as you can attest, Scott, uh, you know, if you're in a gym on a Friday night and there's a basketball game going on, that's probably where you want to be. Um, and that's where I was. And, that's, and, and that was really healthy for me. Well, and I bet that that probably serves as some sort of escape for you as well um, to kind of get back to at least something that resembles normalcy uh, to where you can actually relax your brain for a minute. You know, because for the most part, you know, when we go into these games and we're watching these games on a Friday night, a lot of times 
we're watching 15 different things, right? We're watching the game. We're watching our, our student body. Uh, we're making sure facilities are running. Our coaches are acting right and all of the above. And so there's a lot going on for an AD when they're yeah. watching a game on Friday night. But you put that in comparison to kind of what you've been going through. Those Friday nights have got to be somewhat relaxing now. Yeah, it was great. You know, I, I was able to get to our game last Friday. We played Cannon Ridge at home. Uh, our student body was rocking. We played good. Uh, everybody was well-behaved. Um, you know, it was awesome. Yeah, it's been amazing to see how everyone has come together in support of this. We And we mentioned there's still an event coming up in Twin Falls, the Hype It Up for Harper benefit. It's going to be uh, Friday, the 27th of January, right at the end of the month, 6 p.m. at the Twin Falls County Fairgrounds. So all of our Magic Valley audience watching and listening to this, uh, if, you, if you're looking for something to do Friday the 27th, no better way you could spend it besides being in a gym watching a basketball game. But a pretty good, pretty good second is uh, to be at the Hype It Up for Harper event. And again, that's at the Twin Falls County Fairgrounds in Twin Falls. Yep. Uh, it's going to be uh it's going to be amazing to see um scott do you have anything else for sean before we let him go i know he's he's a bit and by the way sean thank you for taking some time to talk to us i know you've got a million different things going on and and you could have just said you know what guys i'm too busy so i, I really want to thank you as well for coming on to talk about this yeah brandon it was my pleasure i know that um uh, you know sometimes we get in to you know, you, you get the real story from somebody and then down the line, it's, it's something different. Uh, and when Scott, you know, when Scott asked me to come on, there, there was no, there was no hesitation. I think it's important that um, people understand exactly, you know, what Harper's going up against and, and how confident we are in the people at Primary Children's Hospital in Salt Lake and, and uh, the Huntsman Cancer Center. Uh, you know, the, this is going to be something that we'll look back on and go, man, I'm, I'm upset. You didn't get to play basketball your sophomore year. You know, it's going to be one of those things instead of, you know, we got to battle this thing for the next 20 years. This thing's going to be done on, on May 30th. She's going to ring the bell and, and we're going to start her rehab. So uh, she can beat up on the tigers a little bit. <laughs> well, you know what, that would be something that I could, I could stomach, you know, yeah. <laughs> Just getting her back is, is is all we want. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, Sean Walker, uh, athletic director at Twin Falls High, but more importantly, uh, proud parent of Harper. Uh, thank you so much for for joining us, and and we'll continue to keep you and your family in in our prayers as we move forward. And and um, yeah, we'll keep you on our minds for sure. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you. Talk to you soon. All right. All right. Hey, buddy. Yeah. So there you go, Scott. This was uh, an important conversation to have. I think, Uh, I think most people in the magic Valley knew what was going on, but uh, you know, I'm glad to bring this to to the forefront so everyone can help if they can. No. And I agree. And I think Sean said, said it perfectly right at the end that a lot of people know what's going on, but they don't know what's going on, you know? Um, But this was something to kind of get the facts out set the record straight and not there's record needed to be straight, but just so everybody knew what the real situation was. And, uh, you know, and there's no better cause than to rally around your kids. And, you know, this, this whole thing to me is, I mean, I don't know, it, it, it gets me right in the feelers. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a girl dad 
And, you know, and I, whenever you are a parent, uh, you, you put yourself in that position a lot and you kind of ask yourself some real honest questions about how would I behave? How would I respond to this? Um, and you, you never know un until it actually happens. I'm sure Sean can tell you he couldn't dream of this in a million years and how he would react, but, but that's life, man. And, uh, you just don't know. So you, you end up putting yourself in these positions and, and man, I feel for the guy and his family and, and everything else. And like I said, man, I mean, that guy's a friend of mine and I hate to see it, but, uh, we're in his corner and, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to be with him through the whole thing. So the end of May, when that bell rings, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great day. Yeah. We, we can't wait, uh, until that day arrives and I can empathize with Sean. I'm kind of like him. I'm kind of more, I keep things close, close to the vest. So I, I can certainly empathize with him sharing this and being this public about something that is uncomfortable to talk about. Certainly. Yeah. I understand that too. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and the thing was, he, he's right. He never hesitated when I asked him, you know, didn't, didn't even have to think about it. He was like, absolutely. And, you know, that says a lot about kind of where, he's come in this process too, because, you know, he is a kind of a private person and, and does keep things close to the best. But when it came to his daughter, absolutely let's go. And, and I, and I thought that that was, that was very cool. And so, yeah, you, if you can't make that, uh, that, that event on the 27th, uh, at the fairgrounds, then, you know, visit the GoFundMe page because there is a lot going on here to, get somebody through this type of situation and we all want to help as much as we can and uh i'll be there on the 27th and uh be ready to to rock and roll and, and support the walker family and and harper and and uh and here at jerome we're going to do everything we can uh to help because yeah there are rivals are probably number one rivals but uh there are things that are bigger than rivalries and this is obviously one of them Certainly. And, and, you know, it's amazing to see these communities come together. I'll, I'll wrap it up here in just a second, but there's a similar thing is happening in North Idaho right now where Craig Teft, mm. the longtime St. Mary's football coach is battling cancer and they they've printed off all of these t-shirts um, in support of, of his fight, you know, uh, we're, we're Teft strong and uh, St. Mary's, their boys basketball team was playing Kendrick in a game earlier this year and Kendrick, without St. Mary's knowing, bought T-shirts for every player on their team, and they showed up to warm up wearing those Craig Teft T-shirts. It was a pretty cool deal that happened up there yeah. in North Idaho. So Yeah, it's so good to see. I mean, you hate the circumstances in which those camaraderie things happen, um, but there's always something positive that can come out of every situation, and what you hope for is the best for um, our coach up north, Harper, and then the lessons that we learn from all of this don't just go away with the situation, you know? And I think that's the one thing I would like to see happen is just to remember kind of what we all did to come together and, and remember that and not need a tragedy to do so, you know, because no matter what, there will always be something bigger than the game that you're watching or you're playing or you're coaching. And we kind of lose sight of that sometimes. And, you know, and we all got reminded of it uh, with the Monday night game with Buffalo and Cincinnati. And that really kind of, you know, sprinkled a lot of humanity in sports. And and you saw teams come together and and it's great to see. And I think everybody can come together in a certain circumstance. Uh, and I think that's awesome. I would like to see it transcend beyond the tragedy 
and beyond the event to where it's like, hey, you know, we're people first, man. Let's let's come together. I'm going to kick your butt out on that field or on that court. You guarantee it. But I'm not going to be a jerk about doing it because, you know, there's things that are bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a game and then there's the game of life. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the one you really want to win at. And, and the wall, uh, the walkers are, are continuing to, to fight and, and win. So yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, Scott, uh, this was a good topic, a good conversation. And like you said, can't wait till May 30th when Harper gets to ring that bell and, and, and put this behind her. So, uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in to the Magic Valley Prepcast this week. We'll be back again next week talking about the biggest stories that are happening in the Magic Valley. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in on IdahoSports.com.